Well, and uh, thanks, Persona. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we, we did. <laughs> I didn't have to ask hardly any questions. You know, th- this is. Yeah. Uh, I, I know she well, doesn't. Yeah. Just turn me on. Just turn yeah. me on, and away we go. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my website reconfiguration <laughs> consultant, Persona Molly. How's it going? I'm good, Curtis, although, to be honest with the listeners, I did very little. That was all you. I was just there like as emotional support <laughs> and as a venting partner. <laughs> But 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 then you would chime in, yes, as an occasional venting partner, and you would chime in with with those words of encouragement of like, um, "It's looking good, Curtis." Uh, you know, that, it, 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 so for for those for those who who don't know, feel free to go over and check out the the all new backupcentral.com. It looks a thousand times better than it ever did before. Um, I went with a podcast forward theme for WordPress. And so, you know, the website used to be more uh, blog forward and now it's sort of podcast forward since I talk a lot more than I write these days. Yeah. Listeners, you should definitely go and check it out. If you've only seen, like, if you listen to our podcast or your favorite podcatcher and you've never been to Backup Central, go take a peek. You'll get to see pictures of Curtis and I. Yeah, we did a photo shoot. Yeah, we did a we talked about on, on the podcast that 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 was released. It was released yesterday, but who knows when this one yeah. will actually go published? But on March twenty, uh, yeah, yeah. The um, yeah. So we 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 actually did photos together for the well. It was all the pandemic, right? We've yeah. been doing this for what almost three years now. Yep. Right, and we for most of those three years we we weren't together. <laughs> I would probably say for maybe like 10 episodes tops, we've been in the same room. <laughs> right, right. And that was early days where yeah. we were like, yeah, we, when I used to come, when you used to be in the Druva office and I used to occasionally come to the Druva office and then we'd do, we'd do it live. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like this. Yep. So doing a Which photo think, shoot. Yeah. I think it was funny because I think it was actually more complex to do it in the office than it is to do it remote. Just because all the echoing of the mics and everything else, it's like technology is wonderful. Even in the same city, you'll still be in different rooms. Yeah, there have been some episodes where I've been in, I've been in Santa Clara, and you were also in Santa Clara, but we <laughs> we did it remote. Yeah, because it's just easier. But for the listeners again, check out Backup Central, Curtis. It looks amazing. I know you put a lot of hard work and effort into that, and also figuring out a new podcast service, right? But I think it's all yeah, good. Yeah, People we're, go yeah, we're on. Yeah, I went to Captivate uh, after after a long search. Uh, I, I went with Captivate, with which I think is is a, a bit more forward looking than some of the other podcast yeah. services. And so, anyway, yeah, you know, so it, it, super excited. You know what we should do is we should probably do part of a podcast episode on how to do podcasts, right? I'm sure people are curious about like what is your workflow, Curtis. You've done so much research on this. It might be worthwhile. We've learned a lot over the last three years, and I and of course I've I've completely changed my workflow because of the um, my new tool Descript, which is like changing my life. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah. So, all right. Well, let's get on to our guest. By the way, before we bring on our guest, I'll throw out our usual disclaimer. 
Prasanna and I work for different companies. He works for Zoom. I work for Druva. This is not a podcast of either company. And the opinions that you hear are ours. If you uh, like us, then please go rate us. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash restore. Or you can, you know, just scroll down to the rating section of your favorite. If you're on, if you're on Apple Podcasts, you just scroll to the bottom and, you know, give us, give us five stars. Feel free leave to give a comment. And leave a comment. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's always nice when we get to hear from our listeners. So, um, and then also, if you're interested in anything, uh, you know, w- anything that we can sort of tie back to the world that we do, the, the, the one we're doing today is very interesting, which initially you might not think has nothing to do with what we do, but I think a lot of the concepts that we're going to learn from uh, our guests today are, are universally applied. So if, if you're interested, then just reach out to me at WC Preston on Twitter or W Curtis Preston at Gmail. So let us bring on our guest. She is a direct marketing copywriter. And you're saying, what does that have to do with our world? Uh, well, you're going to learn that. The thing that interested me and got me excited and wanted to bring on is that she is also the author of the Emergency Plan Guide, which is you can find at emergencyplanguide.org. And when when she talks about disaster recovery, she's not talking about our kind of disaster recovery. She's talking about real disaster recovery, meaning recovering when the big one happens. Both of us live in California. She's actually right up the road from me in Irvine. And uh, so I'm, I'm super excited to bring her on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Virginia Nichols. Well, thank you so much. I feel honored. But with all of the technology in front of me here, I, I I feel at the fact that the Zendesk, I have to say this, Zen Zencaster. Dash, Zencaster. Recognized like my podcaster. legacy, recognized my legacy headphone, recognized <laughs> my separate video uh, camera. I felt I felt very welcome and comfortable. <laughs> well, that's good. That's it doesn't we always for. happen that way. Right, right. So this is not your first time doing things like this, but and you're saying sometimes they don't go as uh, as smooth as planned. That's right. Mm-hmm. Lots well, doesn't cool. go as planned in the world, in the world as we know, and we experience that every day. I was I'm delighted that you introduced me as being something different or out of the ordinary from your usual. Mm podcast well when we say disaster recovery normally that means something different to our audience right that means something very specific to our audience but when you say those words you mean something very different so why don't you explain what you mean when you say disaster recovery yes in fact i don't use disaster recovery because i do know that generally it applies to networks and it and so on Right. For uh, we have so, uh, we have purposefully used the word emergency preparedness and emergency okay. response because I think ordinary folks understand emergency, they understand response, uh, they don't get recovery. It's not <laughs> in the vocabulary of what I would say is be ordinary citizens. And um, my world, as far as emergency preparedness is concerned, is dealing with people that are my next door neighbors, no matter who they are, whether they have had any kind of training of any kind that has Mm -hmm. to do with supplies, first aid, 
understanding what happens, you know, what the what the authorities do and what they don't do. They none of them have any particular background in disaster recovery, but they all have some. Um, they will all be impacted when a disaster hits. So my level of, of experience and exposure has really, as I say, been with my neighbors. And if, mm-hmm. if you ne- sat lived next door to me, it would have been with you too. And in particular, though, with you and your family members and your elderly parents and your pets and all the things that all the people that really get impacted when there's a disaster. It's not just business. So could you talk a little bit about, I think some of our listeners, maybe they're not quite aware of what encompasses an emergency in your mind? That's a really good question because an emergency is really self-defined. What what I work in, though, is specifically are large-scale emergencies where, where as CERT, CERT is set up to assist the community until professional first responders can arrive. So that's and, where I started. And could you define what CERT is, by the way? I certainly can. Community Emergency Response Team Training is offered by in every state in this country, and in many, many cities, it's usually for free or at a very low cost. It's a program that's sponsored by FEMA and uh, uh, Homeland Security. Started in, I think, the 90s and really came into itself uh, after 9-11. Mm. Uh, so it is a course that is provided in the city, and I can describe ours because it's really classic, put on by the city emergency manager, taught by emergency managers, taught by police department active officers, taught by the fire department with fire actual firefighters of all kinds. So it takes about 8 to 12 weeks. Uh, you, as a regular citizen, sign up. In our case, we do even get fingerprinted and interviewed. Uh, and you are provided this training. It's about 24 to 28 hours worth of training over a course of those weeks. And it's hands-on stuff. You, well, much of it's hands-on, but it includes understanding what goes on in your community when there's an emergency. What do the police force do? What does a fire department do? What happens when the power goes out? How do we all communicate? And then how do the various parts of this whole emergency system, how do they respond to that emergency? And one of the things you'll be happy to know, and my neighbors are always quite shocked to know, is that the fire department comes and talks to us and they say, you know, when the earthquake hits, we're not coming to you. Really? Mm. I live in a senior community. We have a lot of folks who depend on the fire department. The fire department is in here frequently for Mm. individual situations. But in an earthquake, no. They say, we're not coming to you. We have other things to do before Mm. we ever get around to a senior community. We have to do an entire assessment of what has happened, the danger level. Are the bridges down? Are the the roads uh, passable? And we have to protect, first of all, the city, the fire department, the hospitals, 
perhaps schools, senior citizens are low down on the list. Mm. And, and as I say, that is shocking to our neighbors. But that's one of the reasons why we have built this group. And, and our purpose is to get everybody in our local neighborhood as kind of up to speed as we can on knowing what to expect, whether it, were, it would be an earthquake or a storm or a tornado or a tsunami or whatever airplane crash in the neighborhood, what to expect, how to be prepared to respond. And I, I don't want to say that senior citizens are particularly challenging, but a number of them are, and they have their own reasons for not wanting to participate, uh, which I expect a lot of folks share, no matter what age they are. Uh, I'll tell you some of the reasons people don't want to talk about emergency preparedness. Number one, it's negative. Why do we talk about emergencies? Because it's going right. to make me feel more worried. Number two, I'm so old, I don't care. I'll just die. <laughs> that's a common one. And wow. so our answer has to be, well, you can die. That's fine. But you're going to impact me. I don't want you dying. Okay. Yeah. And then the, another reason is some people say, uh, I don't need to prepare myself. I will uh, trust in God. Mm. And that's a difficult one to uh, get around, if you will. But we have our answers to that one, too. Uh, because for our purposes, if everyone is, the more people who are more aware and more prepared, the better off the whole community will be. And that's kind of what my whole, and you mentioned that I was a writer, and I have written a lot of books now about all of these topics. Uh, but the theme that runs through all of them is the more we know, the safer we all will be. But it means everybody has to know more. So um, yeah, I agree. work hard to get everybody to know more. Yeah, it's interesting that there are parallels between your world and, and our world, right? We have the same concerns. You know, even that second one about, well, I'm old and I'll, you know, I'll just die and I'll it's fine. Die. Ours is just different. I, I've sat with companies. In fact, I can think of a company right up the road from you. A large, a large, I'll, I won't, I'll just say they, they make stuff and they're up the road from you. And I met with them. We were talking about disaster recovery and being prepared for that. And the response was, you know, if the big one hits or, you know, there, there's a list of things that we try to prepare for, right? They're like, I'll probably be dead. And so I'm not going to care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like, that that one's hard to deal with, right? If you if you're just, you know, or or if 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 this company gets wiped out, then uh, I'll just move on to another <laughs> company that didn't get wiped out. Um, that that's hard to deal with. Uh, so I, it sounds like you deal with some of the very similar things, uh, just trying to get people to move past that. That, that other thing that we share is just trying to get them to acknowledge that this is something they need to address in their life. Yeah. It sounds like that's a big part of your job. It is a big part of my job. And, and uh, again, I don't want to, I don't want to linger too long on my senior community, but that's happened to be where I live. Uh, I've, we've also brought these kinds of programs. My, my, our goal, my goal has been to create groups with 
to bring preparedness as a topic or for to any existing group because as a group people can make progress one by one by one is is very difficult and unless they themselves already have an interest you cannot tell them that they need to have an interest so we our approach has been and this is the one i would hope that i can share with with whoever's listening to this not only do i think existing groups are my target but in particular existing small businesses are my target and and i mentioned that the thing that happens with with uh i'll mention what happened in Irvine again so you can get an idea where where what what has been going on many cities have champions in emergency preparedness they typically are involved with the city or they're engaged with a cert program as i described and then they get all revved up and are really excited and they want to go out into the community and build little neighborhood groups to carry on the good work here in Irvine we've had we've had 2000 people go through the program and last year they pro well before covid actually it was let's go out let's give everybody who's been a graduate of the program send them out into the community and see how well they'll do and raise the level of community awareness they sent them out they had exactly zero response mm-hmm. because they were not sent out with appropriate training in community organizing appropriate training in mm. communications and how to give a talk and how to get people <laughs> engaged and how to sign them up all the marketing stuff that's a, that's essential yeah. to having any kind of success yeah they were trained in cert but not necessarily in how to get other people interested and understand exactly so when we look at different organizations if we have a group already existing we can really make a big difference and and i'm i'm thinking about we've written a, a several a number of books for different groups and we've talked to different groups we've talked to church groups and service clubs and um uh HOA homeowners associations we've talked to businesses what happens is a service group may get a really good idea and they really want to focus on emergency preparedness for their group members but they have the same problem the members will get the knowledge but the minute the member goes home there's nothing out there they're in the wilderness mm-hmm. so our most success has been with like where i live in a close knit seizure community or in an apartment community mm-hmm. or in a small business and 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 here's why i think number one they're close together physically close together. If you're living in an apartment community, you know your neighbors, you see them in the hall, you're digging out the trash. You know who they are and you begin to recognize their faces and you can begin to trust them as someone you'd want to be with in an emergency. Mm-hmm. And in an, and so a an apartment community can build a really powerful emergency response team to whatever level they can. as long as the owner of the property or the property manager supports it and here's been a real negative uh, on linkedin which is where i found you all uh, i actually am engaged with and you may well see them too a number of homeowner association managers 
-hmm. and they're really funny and they're good and they're they totally professional and i have written to them directly and said do you have any interest in or do you know anybody who ever as a homeowner association manager ever presents the concept of emergency preparedness to the people living there and their answer is no that's not within our job description <laughs> right Point. okay yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah. and so I've also, but on the other hand, I've had mobile home parks where the owner of the park is interested, the people of the park are interested. They all live close together, as you can imagine. They uh, know each other, they trust each other, and they can build dynamite emergency response teams where they get together and clean up the whole neighborhood for fire prevention, and they have picnics and whatever else they do. They practice evacuations. I mean, these folks really get, they are a group. They use their group for effect. Uh, and as I say, where I think we've got an extra benefit, and I, we're just working now on another new project where we're going to use small businesses to do it. Because small businesses, not, not big businesses, small to medium-sized businesses at the most have those same characteristics. The people are physically together. Mm -hmm. They are, um, they know each other. They already have practice working as teams. So they trust each other. And uh, if the owner, and there is also pressure on the owner to pull together a, a preparedness plan our business contingency plan. I mean, big companies already have business contingency plans and they all updated them for COVID and okay, that's fine. Smaller businesses often have unworkable plans or no plans at all. And there's where I feel that because they have an existing group and if the owner really cares about it, the owner can also require them yeah. to get training. He can offer training. He or she can require them to get training and can even include their families as part of it. And suddenly you have an entire group of people who are really interested in emergency preparedness to, for their own sakes. But more importantly, if the business suffers a disaster, if the business goes down, they lose their income. Yeah. So they got right. a real, they've got a real impetus to really get interested, really get um, knowledgeable, understand how the business works. So I'm showing you, look, my, this is my book, <laughs> the latest. I like just that. put it, I just published it Friday, last Friday. Wow, nice, congratulations. And thank you, congratulations. so you see, it's all about the magic five days that a small business has. If a small business is interrupted and he, the doors close, if they don't open in five days, the chances of them surviving for a year are like 10%. Hmm. Right. Five days. That means you got to know what to do immediately <laughs> that something happens, whether it's a power outage or whether it's a some, and some backhoe breaking up a gas line or, or you have a strike with the company next door and they're blocking the traffic or whatever it is, you got to have a plan to be open and up back in business, at least sufficiently that your customers think you're in business uh, within those magic five days. And so that's what this little book is about. It's yeah. like, here's the plan. Here's the bare bones. Get it done. 
be ready. You can do it for the folks in-house. You do not have to hire some hotshot, expensive disaster recovery company. And so this is for small businesses. So so that's, you know, Matthew now have a pretty good uh, idea, I think, about <laughs> the things that have kept me busy and engaged yeah. for the last 20-some years. So, Virginia, just a quick question. Um, your book that you have, I'm sure a lot of small businesses think, oh, going through emergency preparedness, it's so complex, it's so complicated, I don't have time. Yeah. I'm sure that there's very simple things they can do and very straightforward things they could do to get prepared or at least start that preparedness. Maybe it won't cover 100% of all situations, but it's probably the most common or yeah. the most easiest to implement, right? It's not like, oh, I have to go through all this preparedness and spend months and months, right? Right. That's right. So, and, and most businesses have already done some of it. You know, OSHA requires business to have some evacuation plans and some safety features and so on. So you're absolutely right. And that's why I, I, I've written a number of things. And one I wrote was a very com- complete, what I thought, preparedness planning process for small business. But it was like 250 pages. <laughs> so this one is 30 pages. So it, that's what it is. It's what is right, meant, yeah. exactly what you're asking for. Number one, say you think you need it, you're going to do this. That's the first thing. Okay, we got to do this. And, and right now, there's a lot more pressure on small businesses to do it, not only just to keep the business alive, but, you know, clients are now saying, what's, your, what's the status of your emergency preparedness plan or your business contingency plan? And if you don't have one, you're, looking, you're not looking good. Yeah. Uh, and also, given what's been going on with COVID lately, uh, people are more willing to sue people mm-hmm. if there's accidents or if there are illnesses or if there are things going wrong in the business, you can be sued for negligence, for not having had a plan to prepare for it. Mm. Okay. So, but anyway, simple things. Number one, commit to doing it. Number two, take a look around. Okay. What's going to happen to us? I've got a nice long list in there. Go through, mm. pick five things. Don't pick everything. Don't prepare for everything. And what we find out is that if you prepare for one emergency, probably about 80% of what you do mm. is going to work for every other emergency, you know, it, because it has to do with safety and communications and, uh, and alternative uh, electric or alternative utilities and so on. So right. number one, be committed. Number two, pick your five. Then number three, Go through an inventory or describe all the important processes that your business is engaged in. And that might take a little time, but not you can limit it if you want. But like you've got a you've got a front desk capability. You've got a marketing department, you've got a manufacturing arm, you've got transportation, whatever it is your business deals with. And when, and have the folks who are in charge of each of those business activities describe what they do briefly and what would happen what they've already done to be prepared for emergencies but what what would have to happen to bring that that aspect of the business back up in an emergency and the people working there know these things yeah. they already know you don't 
need to hire an expert to come in and assess it. The people working there every day know it. So you've got a description of every activity in the business or the major activities. And then again, you pick what are the key activities that we have to have up and running within our five-day magic period. What are the key activities that would allow us to then resume perhaps over time, full, full, uh, uh, capabilities fully yeah, in, right. in business. And then you write it down <laughs> and what, and, and it's, and, and that's a plan. Yeah. If the electricity goes out for this process, we got to do this and this for this process, we got to do that. These processes, we'll just ignore them yeah. for the time being. We'll focus on these two. Uh, if we have a an earthquake, do number one, we got to do this. We got to get that back up. What about the website? That clearly has to be up and going. Can we do that if we are are can no longer access the office? What's our backup plan for having, let's say, a website or communications capability? Um, what can we if we are damaged with a fire? How do we? go back to go to work somewhere else. So you know, do we yeah. have neighbors who we could borrow a space from? Do we have call do we have competitors yeah. who have the same kind of equipment we have that would share with us? Yeah. And we make those arrangements. But yeah, you kick it through and uh, as I say in our experience, the people working in the business know what 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 could happen that would bring their bring their activity right back up. Yeah. We're not right back up, but up enough so that the business could stay open. Yeah. And, it, and it sounds like, uh, you know, the process is very similar to what we do with the IT functions, right? Absolutely. So, um, you know, the same thing of, of just first inventory, everything that you have from a yep. business function perspective. Yep. And of course, you need to decide what is business critical, Right. What right. You know, critical. I, I would argue even even as a member of the marketing department at Druva, I would argue that, you know, you can do without marketing for, for five days, Absolutely. Uh, you know, but not without sales, not without the ability yeah. to execute sales, <laughs> not without that front desk person or, or the equivalent thereof. Right. Um, and I, I think that um I agree with you that a lot of these people probably already know they just they have they have the knowledge that they need to sort of come up with those ideas. But you you do probably need to goad them into thinking that way. Right. Yeah. What would well, happen? Need, right. Need, you know, what yeah. would happen if we have a fire or we ha I noticed, by the way, that your, your list of disasters or emergencies is actually quite broad because it includes things like active shooter i noticed that you had on yeah. your on your website uh there there are a number of things that could happen to you and that's why you, you like you said you need to pick your your top five your top five uh, or how many ever yeah and, right and every business is different i i can imagine a uh you know a small print shop or a copy shop i i've been in a thousand of them i know yeah. how that feels what would happen there uh, a doctor's office is a small business I mean, they're, so the businesses are really distinct and what they would need is, is different, but they, you're right. They, they probably already have a good idea, but they haven't written it down. Yeah. 
and therefore they can't transmit it to their employees or to the authorities who are looking for it, the lawyers. This reminds me, Curtis, of when we talked about the hurricane that hit the tropical island, right? right. How IT had documented the process but they hadn't taken into consideration a lot of the emergency preparedness. Like where are people going to sleep? Right. Right. Where are you going to get yeah. food? Right. A lot of, where are you going to get power? And there I were, know. yeah, there were assumptions of power and also internet. This, this was a, a, a company that was doing manufacturing on this Island and they relied on services that were on the mainland, you know, computer services. And as a result, when the, when the internet was cut between the two, it was like, Oops, how do Oops. we how do we get back up? You know, we have a cart before the horse problem, right? Yeah. And so and while that that's a very technical issue, you have the same problem same issue. With, with with things like electricity and water. Those yep. things are critical. I, I am curious about that. What is the for for a small business, you know, that you know, I'm i I've got in my head like a picture of a of somebody renting a storefront somewhere, yeah. whatever yeah. it is, it could be a doctor, it could be a print shop, it could be who knows what, it could be a sandwich shop. What is the 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 normal thing that people do from a power standpoint? Do do they actually go and and prepare like you know um, generators and things like that? What yeah, do they do? They do. They can. There there are companies out there, and one of the main ones is that I've been watching it for. 15 years and it's grown and grown and grown and now it's kind of grown into a great big company but they you can establish a contract you you can establish a contract with a company like that and you will be number one on their list if something happens they will bring you a generator within the first okay x period of time now you have to know how to use a generator so that means right. that you have in, in advance made these arrangements, you've got the right amount of power, you can, you've can, you got to manage the cords that run through the building because the generator's not in the building, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yes, that's what, that's what you do. And I think most small businesses, just as you've described, probably haven't done that. So what would happen right. there is like your little candle shop or whatever, they're going to just shut down. Yeah. I was thinking like a sandwich shop, right? That means the fridges aren't powered now. They have produce and stuff going bad. It's all spoiling. Yep. It's all spoiling. That's right. They have to throw it out, in fact. Um, and and their employees <clears throat> can't get to work Yep. because something has caused the whole thing to, to blow up. So their, their, their plan would, in likelihood, have to involve having already scoped out a place where they could go and either piggyback on someone else who had a similar type of business, or they they could, of course, you know, they could even have someone, a, a, a location where they could quickly reconfigure, but a small business isn't going to be able to do that. Not within that right. five-day period. Yeah. So right, right. it's tricky. It's tricky. Um, and I'm not saying everybody can recover, but it can save lives. And you can have the right insurance, which mm. is a big deal. And you can have your bank, your banking arrangements already figured out that if an emergency hits, you have access to a new line of credit because your employees that continue to work have to be paid mm -hmm. uh, for some period of time. 
the other employees who are working on an hourly basis, won't, they just suddenly are without any work. And that's, right. you know, that that's a, that's a catastrophe for them probably. But the I, business owner has, has various things that the business owner can do in terms of insurance to protect uh, the business, at least until it can get back up. But you need to know how long will it take to get the money? What do you have to have to prove you need the money? And those are things you do have to learn about in advance. You can't wait till the disaster hits and then then you're in line with somebody else also. Yeah, it's like the old phrase, the time to take Dramamine is too late to take Dramamine. You remember that? You remember that marketing phrase? <laughs> no, I don't. Right? But I'm you don't, you, you know, Dramamine, you know Dramamine right? I you know, do. The, sure. yeah. So, well, the, that was their thing was if you need Dramamine, it's too late. Right. Like you need to take Dramamine beforehand. Right. Let it let it get into your system. And then you get seasick or, or then you you know, you you would be in the condition right. to make yourself seasick. And so you, you have to prepare for first. Right? The time to look for a to look for a, a loan like that, like a, a line of credit is is not well when the disaster happens. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, before. and so so our thought is not only should the small business owner take advantage of the expertise in house, but the professional advisors that every small business typically has, they are people who need to be brought in to help out in are, advance with this planning. Are there questions that they should like, I'm assuming a small business owner has no idea that they need to do this sort of emergency training or have a plan in place. Are there certain keywords that they could ask these other professionals that would sort of trigger the right set of responses from them or go down the right path? Well, I've, you know, I think there are, there are key concepts. I mean, yes. so first, the first thing is what happens the first day? What responsibilities do I have? What happens the first week? What responsibilities do I have? And if you ask that of your accountant, for example, uh, the accountant is going to know. Okay, you remember you've got payroll, you've got mm. prop, you've got taxes, you've got quarterlies, you've got whatever you've got. The accountant knows the answers to all that, but never probably never thought about it in terms <laughs> of the disaster. Yeah. Okay. And the the lawyer. Let's assume you have a lawyer, and most people have had some dealings with lawyers if they've incorporated or even had employees. The lawyer is going to know what kind of. Uh, uh, liabilities you have for not having a plan or what kind of uh, 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 information you can share and how to share it and, fr and with whom and in a timely fashion. Lots of companies have to uh, report to shareholders or they have to report to uh, various regulators or whatever. So somebody in that business knows about those dates and those requirements, but you have to ask in advance because the owner may, may or may not really be thinking about it. Um, right. So you've got I, a banker. Yeah, and, and, and above all, you've got an insurance company. Hmm. And I don't, I'm thinking of you at your home office right there now, you know, you've got some insurance potential of loss for whatever reason. Uh, and, you know, do you have what you need? What kind of, do you have insurance protection for the earthquake, for the rainy roof that came through last night, but didn't break through your roof last night, yeah. but will tomorrow and, and so on. So a good conversation with your insurance person uh, will open your eyes 
It turns out, by the way, that you can't, there's a thing called business interruption insurance. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it doesn't work for COVID. Hmm. Who knew? Oh, interesting. How, how so? That. They, is, just, is it... they said that it wasn't a disaster. Hmm. It's been defined as not being a disaster. So then the question is in your insurance product, and I'm not an insurance expert by any means, right. but what do they rule in and what do they rule yes. out? Because now we've got all this stuff going on in Ukraine right now. Wars are ruled out. Acts, right. of, acts of God may be ruled out mm -hmm. of your insurance. An act of God is like, whoa, what's an act of God? Yeah. COVID was not an act of God, according to the, uh, but according to some people, it was. Um, earthquakes, I think, are in most cases. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I'm trying and to I, some other examples. I know, I know in the case of like, you know, again, you and I live in, well, all three of us live in California. Yeah. And California has very specific you know, earthquake is is by default excluded from most insurance, most policies, and you need yep. specific earthquake insurance, right? The same thing yep. for flood insurance. Yep. Um, and yeah. land movement and so on. Absolutely. Right. So, but I the key words I tried to create my list of key words, mm -hmm. and I wrote this little book in in a in a format, and I don't mean that. I'm not the book is just a a, co a summary of everything I've been learning over 20 years. It's like day one, do this. Day two, do this. And there's 10 days. And in 10 days, okay, you've covered the whole spectrum. And you can do that. You can read that thing in 25 minutes. And you'll have a, a really all the keywords you need gotcha. to move forward. So then, then the thing is, though, what's the impetus? The impetus, you know, I, the impetus can come from an employee. It, it, I hate to say it, it could come from the from legal liability of not having one. Mm -hmm. Standard practice, you know, in a big business, you don't get away without having one. Uh, a a yeah. good business, can, uh, can, I'm sure you've dealt with them. Right. I, w I would argue that if... You know, the, the only thing that you could argue is, well, it's not going to happen to me, you know, and maybe it won't, right? Whatever whatever it is you're worried about. But if it does, if a disaster uh, hits your area that's significant enough that impacts the whole area, like if it's the kind of thing that takes out power, like like yeah. the kind of thing that happened in Texas, uh, oh, yeah. you know, where the it's not power for it. Yeah. If, yeah, if you're the company that is prepared, and you're a company that provides services to the general public uh, in that scenario, I think you will get a long-term competitive advantage from having oh, prepared and you're going to gain a whole bunch of new people as customers. Uh, and so that, that can assist in the impetus. Uh, I, I just think that I think you, what the thing that you started with is, is the, you know, sort of the, Hey, if you don't prepare for this, and depending on what type of disaster happens, that could be it for you as a company. Yeah. And and that that would hopefully scare you know a lot of people. But it and and in and it it also means it's it for right. your employees. They are now you have lost your company, you've lost your investment in your company, you may have a lot of debt at the end of it. 
Your employees right. are without a job. Yeah. They are now bereft. So, and again, so there's the human part of it. What are you doing? How are you leaving your employees? You know, you're, you're pulling the rug out from under them. And, and so I, and I, there are a lot of small business people and owners who just really love their employees and they are a big family. And without some preparation, they are really, they're not doing their job. They're not, providing that kind of support that you would want to provide and your family. I, I agree that it sounds like what, what you're saying is that, that you, you know, you have uh, a responsibility to those employees. It's your business and yeah. it is your responsibility to prepare for that scenario because without it, you, you become, you don't fulfill your responsibility to your employees. I think that's true. I think that's accurate. And I, I think if you, ask people they would the, the thing is people always agree it's a good idea <laughs> no one ever said oh no i don't really i don't think it's a good yeah. idea they just say getting them off a dime yeah and and so the people who like we're thinking about it we're already doing it i've got my 55 barrel of water in my backyard so do you have one no do you have water in your apartment? Do you have 10 days worth of water for yourself and your family and your pets? I have 5,000 gallons of water right out by my back door, but it's not drinkable. Um, <laughs> not to drinkable. Listen, uh, you know, it's been a fascinating conversation, Virginia. Um, and I, I, so here, here's a question. How do people get access to this book that you that you just published? easiest thing to do is they they could of course go on uh, amazon and look it up by its name it's back up two words and running but the easiest thing to do is to go to my website emergencyplanguide.org which you've mentioned nice. and everything's there all right well thanks thanks a lot for coming on hey it's my been mm -hmm. my pleasure and i i hope that you're you know i i hope that other people in listening to this, if it gets up there, are going to have the same kind of thought to get away from their job as a disaster recovery person or an emergency management person and say, well, wait a minute. Yeah, what, what about, about my house? My house? Yeah. What about yeah. me? What about our family? What about my children's families? You know, I, what will happen to them when something happens? And can I... Uh, can we improve Absolutely. that situation? Yeah. All right. Well, and uh, thanks, Persona. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we, we did. <laughs> I didn't have to ask hardly any questions. You know, th this is. Yeah. Uh, I know. She well, just yeah. turned me on. Just turn yeah. me on, and away we go. No, yeah. it was fascinating. I loved it. Thank you, Virginia. Thank you so much for having me. It's fun. Let me know Absolutely. when it's coming. And uh, uh, thanks again to our audience. You know, we we do this just for you. And remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all.